From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you have joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text comes from the Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 8. My Beloved. This was a golden name which the ancient church in her most joyous moments was wont to give to the anointed of the Lord. When the time of the singing of birds was come, and the voice of the turtle was heard in her land, her love note was sweeter than either, as she sang, My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. Ever in her song of songs doth she call him by that delightful name, My beloved. Even in the long winter, when idolatry had withered the garden of the Lord, her prophets found space to lay aside the burden of the Lord for a little season, and to say, as Isaiah did, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. Though the saints had never seen his face, though as yet he was not made flesh, nor dwelt among us, nor had man beheld his glory, yet he was the consolation of Israel, the hope and joy of all the chosen, the beloved of all those who were upright before the Most High. We, in the summer days of the church, are also wont to speak of Christ as the best beloved of our soul, and to feel that He is very precious, the chiefest among ten thousand, and the altogether lovely. So true is it that the church loves Jesus and claims Him as her beloved, that the apostle dares to defy the whole universe to separate her from the love of Christ, and declares that neither persecutions, distress, affliction, peril, or the sword have been able to do it. Nay, he joyously boasts, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Oh, that we knew more of thee, thou ever-precious one! My sole possession is thy love. In earth beneath or heaven above I have no other store. And though with fervent suit I pray and importune thee day by day, I ask thee nothing more.
of this increasingly secularized and materialistic society, multitudes of men, women, and young people seem to have forgotten that they have immortal souls, and that one day they must stand before a holy God and face the ultimate judgment. Despite every effort to banish the reality of death from the mind, the Word of God declares, "...it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment." How can a person be ready for that awful day? Is there a way to face God without fear? The great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon answered this question in a powerful sermon entitled, Preparing to Meet God. Let the Bible Speak now offers a booklet published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, which contains this vital message under the title, Preparing to Meet God. In addition to the sermon text, the publication contains a brief biographical sketch of Spurgeon's life, as well as a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year, all contained in an attractive, conveniently-sized booklet. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of Preparing to Meet God, and we'll be happy to provide it.
On today's edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of a message called Our Lord's Lessons for Living. Matthew chapters 17 and 18 contain a number of seemingly unconnected incidents from which Christ taught the disciples some important life lessons. First, in the matter of the temple tax, the Lord Jesus paid something he did not owe, partly to avoid giving offense. Rather than insisting on his rights, he provided us with a lesson of selflessness. The second lesson involves humility. Christ had just told the disciples that he was going to Jerusalem to be crucified, buried, and to rise again. Yet all the disciples could do was to argue about who would be greatest in the kingdom. Only those with a childlike faith will enter the kingdom. When James and John wanted to forbid a man from casting out demons in Christ's name, Lord Jesus warned them against having a narrow sectarian spirit. The passage also contains a powerful admonition about forgiveness. Now Dr. Cairns will bring the next portion of this message, Our Lord's Lessons for Living. I read a, a parable. Maybe an allegory is more like it. It goes way back for many, supposed to be a fairly ancient story. The angels of heaven were greatly impressed by the sanctity of this very holy man on earth. And so they came, took him aside, and they made him the offer that they would give him great position among the saints. He said, no. They kept on making offers, and finally, they offered him the power of healing. He said, no. Only God should do the healing. Then they gave him the offer of being able to convert, bring to repentance whom he would. I said, no, repentance is in God's gift. Perplexed, they said, what would you like us to give you? And the story is, they said, I would love the power of doing good to men without knowing it. Think that through. Think it through. What we do, how much of it is really for Christ. And how much of it is really for ourselves. We appear humble, and we're proud of it. Among our ministers, we have this constant banter when we mock each other's humility. And uh, you've heard, no doubt, from many of our men, the, the book that 
they will always claim someone else wrote the ten most humble people in the world and how I trained the other nine. But that's the attitude among many of God's people. The Lord Jesus takes a child and he sets him in the midst. And I want you to understand this because he's talking to his disciples here. And he turns this into a sermon on going to heaven and going to hell. There's a message for me as a preacher and for every other preacher. You take nothing for granted. Here are his professed disciples. Now he knows who's genuinely his disciple and who's not. And yet he still talks this way. And he says, look, there's a child. Except you are converted. Let me explain. That child didn't need to become humble. He was just a little child. He was humble in the sense the Savior intended. They had to get back to being that. That's what he's meaning. Unless you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom. You're talking about who's going to be top dog in the kingdom if you're not genuinely possessed of Christian humility, you'll not even be in the kingdom. Later on, he talks about cutting off hands or feet or taking out your eyes. What he's saying is whatever it costs to escape hell, pay it. Whatever it costs to get to heaven, make sure you're getting there. You can't be saved by what you pay. But let me tell you what the old skeptic Thomas Huxley said has an element of truth. It doesn't take much of a man to be a Christian, but it takes all there is of him. So it does. The Lord Jesus sets this child in the midst and says, this is what you've got to be. And after, by the way, after these opening verses, that little child fades, fades into the background. No doubt children are still involved, but he's from that point on talking about the real children, his disciples who believe in him. They are the little ones. They are the children. That's who he's talking about. You see, the lowliness of a child is seen in that it allows itself to be taught, to be guided, to be led, to be cared for. This little child came when Jesus called. It sat on his lap. It was docile in his hand. It was ready for his will. It was just content to be in the arms of the Savior. It was not worried about what the world was thinking of its position. He said, that's the way you've got to be. If you're going to be that way, then you'll treat God's children right. That's the force of verses 7 to 11 in chapter 18. You'll treat God's people right. You'll see Christ in them. You'll not offend them, willfully anyway, nor despise them. You'll not adopt a superior attitude. 
Then verses 15 and onwards, you will seek the unity of believers, and as much as lies within you, you will try to bridge the gulf between you and your brethren. You see how he's he's meeting head on this individualistic, egotistical attitude. Lord, where am I going to be? What's my position going to be? How are people going to look at me? How are people going to think of me? What honor am I going to have? And the Lord Jesus brushes it all aside. He says, you've got to have this childlike attitude of commitment and trust in me. Where instead of pushing yourself, you'll actually be living in unity with your brethren. When you turn over to Luke, you'll find that at this time, a couple of things were going on. I have mentioned them already. And this is at this time what was happening, though Matthew doesn't record it. When John says, Lord, there's a man casting out devils, and he's not of us. Stop him. And again, this is one of those things where the more things change, the more they stay the same. This is the sect, Dr. Paisley called this the sect of the Ussites. Not the Hussites, the Ussites. They're not of us. You know, we're not told anything about this man. I know the Lord Jesus knew what was going on. He couldn't have failed to. It may well have been that this was one of those people whom Jesus had personally healed. Might well have been that this was a man who was so deeply in debt to the Lord Jesus that he had gone out and he was seeking to spread the name and the authority of Christ. I do know that he was not a mocker. He was not an opponent. He was not an enemy. He was not seeking to subvert the work of God, but to help the cause of Christ. That's not good enough for some people, you know. They're not of us. Oh, they may be of Christ, but they're not of us. That sect is still one of the most numerous sects in the world. I believe, because the Bible teaches, I believe in biblical separation, but biblical separation is one thing, bigoted isolation is another thing. And it has no place in the work of God. Then James and John wanted to destroy a whole village of the Samaritans. A whole village. Wipe them out. Burn them up. Send them to hell. Isn't it strange? Isn't it strange that Bible-believing Christians can so glibly, so blithely, let's be honest, so joyfully, condemn immortal souls to hell? Very strange thing here is that James and John had been in many a situation where the Jews had not welcomed Christ. Did they ever want to call fire down on the Jews? Oh, well, no, you see, they're Jews. You see, this was a 
an exercise, not for the glory of Christ, but this was an exercise of national Jewish prejudice, and it was using the gospel as a cover of their bitter hatred of the Samaritans. You'll see that here in America. We have seen it in Northern Ireland. I know Christians over there who will use the Bible, if they can. They'll use the name of Christ to curse and damn those who are not of their political persuasion. But let me tell you, you cannot make zeal for the kingdom of Christ an excuse for narrow-minded prejudice. Beware of imposing your nationalistic or denominational or whatever else personal prejudices on the Word of God. That's what they were doing. The final lesson, and it's the big one, and I will only mention it. This is Christ training his people for service. Get your eyes on me. Learn who I am. Get your eyes on me and get your eyes off yourself and learn true humility. Don't confound bigotry with a zeal for the cause of Christ. And finally, and I think biggest of all, in the work of God, if you're ever going to do anything, You've got to learn to forgive. And that's a very hard thing to do. Peter says, my brother offends me, sins against me. Will I forgive him? How many times? Will I forgive him? Let me just make the general statement. Forgiveness for a Christian is not an option. And the man who cannot and will not forgive a brother is probably still in his sins. And his own sins will remain unforgiven. That's not my teaching. That's the teaching of Christ himself. You're not saved because you forgive others, but because you're saved, you forgive your brethren. That's the teaching of the Lord Jesus. Sometimes it's hard. But it must be. How do you forgive somebody who has offended you? And I'm using offended, by the way, in the biblical sense. Uh, it's used rather loosely that anybody that does something that's not exactly what you want, well, you're offended, well, you shouldn't be. Offense is a big word in Scripture. There's a lot of spiritual connotation to it that time doesn't allow me to get into this morning. But how do you, how do you forgive 
Well, a couple of things. Ephesians 4, 32. Remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember what Christ has done for you. And then treat others as he has treated you. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, founded by Dr. Alan Cairns. Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the Church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408, or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 